where's our relationship going? Because <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> Guitar tattoos is a, we could even talk about that if we wanted to. Guitar tattoos are tough, dude. Guitar tattoos, I would say music tattoos in general are really tough. You know the one that's like the micro the SM fifty five with like the if you get if you ask a tattoo artist for a microphone, you are fucking getting an SM fifty five on your body. Exactly. With some swirly music. With the swirly music notes and the in the washy fading. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Dude, that's a stock if you go to like uh Easy, like where I get a lot of my vector stock shit from, you know? Oh yeah. It's if you type in microphone, it's like a free vector image. It's a 55. It's hilarious, dude. And it's like the same one in just different like colors and poses and stuff. Hopefully there's something there I can cut out and make the beginning of the show because it's time for us to I make it. I think we talked second. about pedals for a second. We talked we? about something, yeah. but this is a podcast where we talk about gear. So let's do Damn that. Right. Gear Buds podcast episode 148. 148. That's a nice, interesting, even number that you don't see come up too Love often. It. Uh, and this is our show. I'm Henry. That's Dave. Hey. We're going to do it. Symphony of Corrections. Let's get into the show. Here is your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. By the way, I don't know if you got this, but I uh, I got a, 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 the show, my personal account. A number of my friends were followed on Instagram by an account called, I believe, Tube Tone Recording. And I can only imagine that that is related to this podcast and tone tube. So just to follow, no I have message, no idea, no, no message. Yeah, no. all and like a, a few of my friends sent me screenshots. They're like, "Oh my god, tone, tone tubes!" Like you, you we're guys, going worldwide. What's going on? And then they're like, "Wait a second, what is this?" So I was like, uh, "Yeah, that's tube funny. tone." I don't know. So okay. we'll see. Maybe hit us up. Reach we'll, out. Uh, yeah. Have you on. Uh, and if you and if you are listening, thank you, tube tone, and anyone else listening, thank you as well. We're super thankful to have. All of our friends. I used my tone tube the other night. You tone tube? Yeah, I did. I plugged at it in. At the space or at home? Not at home. Yeah, that's where I keep does it. It's still, a nice cable. Does like. it still tube the tone? Sounds fucking perfect. Love dude. it, dude. Thanks for thanks for the little Absolutely. shout out there. Love, love to hear it's still getting used. I use mine every time mm-hmm. I play guitar. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe, Spotify, Apple. Email us at gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. We love it when our friends reach out. Speaking of when our friends reach out, got to give a shout out to my favorite drummer from north north of us, and that is in Milwaukee, Steve Holland, because he gave a shout. He offered me his tickets to a show last night, but I couldn't go. Whoa! And well, it was last minute because because we got our we got hit by a little snow blast here in the Midwest, folks. Yeah, we did. And uh, it was nasty out. Yeah, it was a little bad last night. So Steve decided not to make the trip down to Chicago. It was to see Nate Smith, a drummer that he has corrected us about in the Symphony of Corrections. Great sentence, Hank. Uh, playing i believe at space in evanston oh cool and he for those who don't know is in the fearless flyers he's played with a ton of the hip jazz cats that people care that about we know cool. a lot of cool stuff about jazz yeah and Yaz also i think and zazz zazz too mm-hmm. i've i don't think i've ever heard heard zazz before zazz is that what it's your, a metal band is uh metalocalypse more jazz. Eat more jazz. <laughs> i love that we both went to our murder phase yeah it's <clears> the best one here we go Shout out to the people reach reached out. Thanks, Steve. Love you. And uh, let's get into the some GFI BFI content. All right. <clears throat> Hopefully more GFIs than BFIs. What do I have on here? You know, what happened was I, I made a bunch of notes for the future gear section. Didn't like super notate my BFI GFI section here. So I'm just going to, this is going to be off the cuff right here. Do you think there's people who listen who, who say, what the fuck does BFI and GFI stand for? I hope so. Do we going to tell them? No. You have to go back and listen to old episodes and find <laughs> yeah, out that's dude. part of the mythology go back of to like earbuds. Episode 45 We've built lore around the fact that we say stupid stuff all the time yep. and sometimes Inside it jokes. sticks. And, uh, and, and hopefully our listeners know. So if you are wondering about what a BFI or a GFI or any of the weird things that we say, why is tone this tubes. called a symphony of corrections? What's a tone tube? <laughs> There are lots of things uh, <laughs> that you could be wondering about if you haven't been listening since like the mid thirties or so. Yeah, I don't know how long have 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 tone tubes been around that long. I don't oh think yeah, so, I really? think I think they've been around for a bit. Yeah. Okay, well here we go. Let's just we're just gonna wing it because uh, the this BFI GFI is not as notated as normal. This is gonna be kind of a lighter episode. That's okay. This episode's more about me and Dave getting some stuff off our chest before we go to tape mm-hmm. today. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Yes. Did you watch the Super Bowl halftime show? I sure did. Did you notice a fancy guitar? I saw that? a chrome silver sky. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did because that's exactly what it was. Yeah, that's awesome. I would call that a. Uh, I would call that a GFI. Hell yeah, it's a GFI. It looked pretty sick. I will say this, man, and I, you know, I've I've been back and forth on the silver sky. You know, you know me. I'm a traditional Fender yeah, kind of guy. I do know you. If I was gonna get a silver sky, I want a chrome one. 
everything was chromed too. That yeah. was the cool part. The whole it was whole, a mirror. The whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Which I, I mean, I've definitely played some metal neck guitars. I don't know that I've ever played one where one hundred percent everything was chrome like that. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, the to fretboard see. even, and right? he rips. Yeah, so that was I would call that a pretty solid. And GFI. I will say, I, I it, from what I heard, that was a live performance. You know, like a it lot was, of the time, a lot of it was a lot of the sure. time. Yeah, there was transitions. The I band think. stuff was live, and yeah. Anderson Pack is a, is a bad yeah. mother. Yeah, you're not going to just have him up there to sit up there. And you could tell some of the the guitar, like the bit, live band, that guitar stuff was all happening. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that they sequence, or like the fact that Dr. Dre was like moving knobs. That, that was funny. That wasn't really. Happening. You know what was cute though? My my wife was like, you know, he's not a big gear nerd. Yeah. She's like, he's on the board. He's working like, the board. He's working the board. I was like, she's right. You nailed it. She's she learning. It. And uh, and you're, when we're working the board, so I would call that a GFI. And also, uh, that was specifically made by PRS one off for the show. Yeah. They chromed everything. So that was crazy cool. town. So very cool. Also, oh man, I wish I, I want to see. This is going to be an interesting experiment because I re, I read this thread on the gear page, mm-hmm. and yeah, 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 yeah. I can remember the details. All right, just throw it uh, at me. It was all I have here. It, all it shows me. I've got a link, and it just says Zach Wild's act of kindness, and okay. it was because some guy, I believe in Canada plays in a, in a like an Aussie Zach Wild cover band mm-hmm. got his gear stolen somehow and like was very it was like his job and it was a big you mm-hmm. know we, we we talk a lot about how it, there's a there's a special layer of hell yeah. uh, specifically for gear thieves well Absolutely. this turned out to be particularly bad it was his means of income all wow. this sort of stuff Zach Wild found out about this without like through someone through like person to person yeah was like hey I'm gonna send you a care package whatever uh sent him one of his guitars not just one of his guitars one of his like like because he has a guitar company right? yes of course it wasn't just a signature it wasn't model. just like a zach wild company guitar right. it was his actual guitar that he <sighs> toured with recently and like his case and there was a bunch of stuff in the was case it the, sort of stuff. like the bullseye one all of his guitars have sort of a weird swirl yeah. it's like a it's like kind of a vertigo weird thing but because of his new company it's not exactly the same as the old you know gibson style oh okay used to be. he's it's, not with, he's got his own thing he's going? got his own guitar company okay, I don't it's know like I knew that. wild guitars or some cool. shit. Okay. i don't fucking know but, but they, they sent him one that he played. He, Zach sent his own. Yeah, he yeah, sent like one, that one he of his played. like stage That's play guitars. Awesome. So you just when when and it wasn't even like the guy asked him for it or Zach mm-hmm. like made a sh- big show. He didn't of reach it. out to him and it tag all him was all this kind of like back channel thing, word just, of mouth, man. and yeah. and and he wasn't doing it for like the charity or publicity. It was yeah. like he just is. It it really feels like from everything I've ever seen or heard, it seems like Zach Wilde's one of the good ones. So that, that warms my fucking that. heart, dude. I yeah. love that. I don't know. This might warm your heart too a little bit. I read a, a very funny story about when Johnny Greenwood joined Radiohead. Did you hear about this Mm-mm. recently? No, the, but I'm, very, I'm very interested. So I was too. And it's so I guess the the story is that the band also don't really have notes on this, but I, I happen to be a Radiohead nerd, so I can speak to this a little bit. Uh, I believe the band was called Oof on a Sunday. Okay. Pre Radiohead, the band was called On a Sunday, and it was Tom York's band. Right. And then they asked Johnny Greenwood to join. This is the story that I read where this comes in. Johnny Greenwood admitted recently in an interview that when he first joined On a Sunday, which later became Radiohead, that they asked him to, he was a keyboard player. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they were like a pretty typical, I mean, you've heard early Radiohead, it was pretty 90s yeah. guitar rock, grungy super rock, loud, yeah. grungy rock stuff. And that's, they were, that's what they sounded like. And so, for the first several months of the being in the band, Johnny Greenwood didn't know how to play keyboard and just went to practice and just would turn the keyboard off. And they and would just all, act like he was playing it because he replaced someone else who like wasn't very good or was too much right. or whatever. So he would act like he was playing, and then in between practices would like slowly kind of learn how to play keyboard and like was was practicing like actually like to learn how to make sounds with it. But when they would get to practice, he would turn it off, and they were so loud the band would be like, "Oh yeah, like then we you love know, that. It we like it. it. Like it adds a texture that yeah, we can we can tell when it's not much. there, but it's yeah." <laughs> yeah that's and and they're like and then he's like no no you couldn't you couldn't tell that because wow. because I wasn't actually playing. That's brilliant that they hired him on the idea that like I guess he just looked cool or something like because if he didn't really play keyboards but they hired him to play keyboards and they never heard him play a lick. And he's in the He band. probably looked cool. I mean and also when you say hire we're talking about teenagers here so it's probably right. kind of more like we're buds. hey uh we we heard that you have an interest in like standing near us while we do something You're in right. the garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So I, you know, for wow. if you're if for any if for any wannabe kind of um, 
keyboard players out there or even just band players in the world any whatever it is just fake it till you make it folks you know i I, i'll confess man when i first started playing um and especially in high school i was terrible uh i i would either turn myself down or the band was like they would have me turn down that's how bad i was and i would just be up there playing well i think in general bass is something that we tend to turn up a little bit too loud in the early days anyway so maybe it wasn't that you were that bad no no just like no no no. it was because i was bad bad. and i couldn't follow like the band like but i was up there playing and i was eventually replaced obviously with someone who could play but the idea was you know, just I was like, I remember playing shows where they were like, "Oh, we'll just turn you off, basically." You got to fill the role, and I and I honestly, I applaud you for having the courage to it show up and and know that it didn't bother me undaunted. at all. Undaunted, you just keep on playing. Yeah, for me, I was eventually just you'll get it right, friends, and I yeah. can speak. And having played on stage with you now for, for a long time ago, and, and knowing you all these years, you're good now. So Thank who cares? You. Yeah, no, it's just funny that we go through that. Like, so is Johnny we Greenwood. We do. You know, Johnny so. Greenwood did it too, and he just happened to keep on going with Hell it. Hell yeah, dude. God dang it. What do we got here? You know, this is kind of a little bit of a grab bag episode. So I'll, I'll say that after 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 my favorite segment that we're going to get to here in, in a moment, we've got basically it's just like new gear, a few new, you know, I, don't, I couldn't, I don't have any games to play or anything like that. No, like no <laughs> board uh, games, no, no board games or, or video games or uh, Radiohead games uh, that we talked about before. So I think what we're going to do is here, I'm just going to talk about a little something. This, this feels sort of symphony like, okay. And I'm just going to talk about the fact that I've been feeling a little gear stagnant lately. Okay. And that's I've okay. Try, I've been trying to shake that up. You in a gear rut a little bit? Well, the thing is, I think you and most people know that sometimes you get in, you get, there's these ebbs and flows and I've been in a major, ebb recently where uh you know i've just been getting rid of stuff more than anything yeah like, you know i've been kind of like oh i have t- way too much stuff like i need to get right. rid of stuff and i've to an extent been doing that and it's in different collections but it's also in guitar stuff but i also been kind of like man i don't know maybe i should like sell some more things and get another thing or whatever so something happened i want to actually quickly mention because this feels sort of symphony uh related and that, um, well, first of all, we were talking about a Maestro Fuzz tone that seems to have fallen through. That was going to be part of that the could have been up. the straw that broke the camel's back. That was got you be, right back that in. That was going to be a shakeup that we one showed up uh, outside of Chicago for a reasonable price that Dave sent me, and I was going to maybe perhaps uh, try to get I, it. Did I, I send that I made to you? For, I thought you we, sent it to me. I might have seen it, and either way, either way. We, we, were, we talked about it and tossed a ball and didn't think I was going to hear back, heard back right before recording. So it yeah. doesn't seem like that was going to happen. However, there was another thing that happened that's, gonna, in fact, cost me money. So I was looking at, dude, you know, so actually you can see from where we're, sit- where we're sitting right here, I've got that Oberheim Matrix 1000 synthesizer sure. right there, which yep. is an analog polyphonic synthesizer from the 70s. It's super awesome, sounds amazing, and I mm, almost never use it. You know, maybe once a month max. It's awesome to have around. It does so much cool stuff. But I was just like, out of curiosity, what are those things going for these days? Sure. Because when I got it, it was still cool, but it was kind of under the radar. People didn't know that, like how how it, it, that's essentially a, a big seaboard, uh, seaboard, a big keyboard synthesizer with a keyboard attached to it that they took and then they made the thousand best sounds from it and then put those into a rack that you could then control with like your own MIDI controller or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it kind of falls in this range of like, it's an analog synthesizer, but it kind of looks like a weird thing from an era that got bypassed and no one should care about anymore. Well, it turns out that the market figured out what these things should be going for, Dave, because I looked on Reverb. I bet it's a lot more than you paid uh, for it. They're going up to about 1800 bucks right now. And that's over double, you know, of what I paid for it. So, well, here's here's what happened. Here's 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 my dilemma. Dave. Here's where we go. My problem with it is that it sounds amazing, but when I think about wanting to use an analog synthesizer, I want to get my hands on, get dirty, turn some knobs, yep. make some sounds, even feel that under underneath feel it under. And I and I love the feel of my Nord that I use for everything, but just programming. And when I say impossible, programming on that Matrix Matrix One Thousand is kind of impossible. So you might ask, this is the no year brainer. 2022, maybe there's some software. Well, there is some software, Dave, and uh-huh. I already own that software. And it turns out that doesn't scratch the itch because I, while I can now edit deep parameters within that synthesizer that I couldn't otherwise just on this rack face right, right. via my computer, it doesn't... It, I don't. I don't feel like I'm turning knobs. I, yes, I can map it to one of my MIDI controllers, but it doesn't feel like I'm using that synthet- synthesizer. Well, here's the deal: 
while going down this rabbit hole, I discovered something called the uh, made by a company called Alpes Machines or Alps Machines, A L P E S Machines, called the Matrix Control Kit, and it is essentially a MIDI controller designed specifically for that thing, where it just has all the knobs laid out, and you can then twiddle every single patch with it. Oh shit! So you you can you can, every single parameter, every single thing that you want. It has now in a hands-on interface specifically designed to go with it, mm. and it has an arpeggiator and a, a sequencer built into it. So, way way opens up the functionality. So you're going now. We're going the other direction. So here's the point, Dave, is that now I feel like unfortunately when I was like about to maybe have this like windfall of cash, now it turns out I'm probably just gonna have to spend some money. And here's even the worst problem is that it. They have. I can't find any like current one, like assembled ones for sale. But they sell a kit, so I might have to build it myself. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's another it's another level of of, of awesomeness and nerdery. And, and and on the surface, I possess the skills to do this. I can solder. Sure. I've done a lot of solder, and you'd be proud I've of it once projects. you finished it. You know, it'd be a this cool is thing. a. I would be proud because this as a project is much more grand in scope than anything I've ever done. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's got dozens of knobs and screens and shit on there. Is this something that you're excited about taking on part of me, but I'm also really nervous that I would just fudge it all up. So or get like halfway done and be like, man, Finish this thing. and the, and it all yeah yeah it's and, and it's not cheap even for even though it's disassembled it's and it's all in euro because it's some European company sure. it was like three hundred euro plus more for like the enclosure we're talking about probably four or five hundred dollars at least to get the ball rolling and uh, and and then all the probably literally weeks of work to get it working would that is the juice worth the squeeze well you know I'm not a big synth guy. So for me, True. I go. I just sell it if I'm not using it. Um, They're very, very, very valuable. Because you know right what now. I'm, you know what I'm sensing right now. Man? What are you sensing? I'm sensing that you know we were talking about ebbs and flows, and you're kind of you know in the gear mini rut of not you know not not buying a ton of stuff right now. But you're selling stuff, and you're kind of saving some cash, which is probably ultimately going to go into more gear. Mm-hmm. I feel like you got something big coming over the horizon, my friend. Like what though? I don't know. Something big over the horizon, dude. Are you my, uh, are you my like palm reader? Yeah, dude. Uh, psychic. I can just feel it, man. It's just coming. I don't know. I, wow. You know, I think it's going to be more like you're manifesting. I mean, I me. know that you're. This is the secret. You're this pretty, is the gear secret. I know you're pretty set on guitars and stuff right now. Yeah, I'm, I feel but pretty I, set on guitars. But I just feel like there's right just now. maybe something coming. Maybe something unique that you that you just got to get your hands maybe on. That 58 P bass from this good, morning. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. It's too good of a deal. Um, you know, you find something that's a good deal, and you know that you think you like. Look, I'm just not a synth guy like you are. So for me, I, to build it and do all this stuff, I would either use it as is if it was mine. And even if you can't like program it specifically, but if you can get around on it, you know, like you said, uh, I would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just—it's really whenever anytime I do bother to use it, it sounds amazing, and yeah. I love it. It's so fat and awesome and and versatile. But it's, yeah, I just don't. how close would like the MIDI reproduction of that be? Uh, which I have. Yeah. It's I've used it actually out of pure convenience, but uh, you know it looks like anything else. It's just like not quite as good, right? I know, I know, um, dude. I was just like I, I don't know. This has been opening up so much for me because I, honestly, I'm just like I have so much stuff. I love most of it. I kind of want to do the same thing I did with my Lego, where like I just try to sell off. Like I put I put aside twenty, thirty things, yeah, and then just sell everything else. Right, and then, and then turn that into like a car, like I just did, or like something yeah, crazy. Liquidate, but, yeah. But also, I was, I was, as that idea took hold, I was like, well, wow, that like that worked for me with Lego. How was that successful? Well, I enlisted the help some, some others, and I was like, hmm, how could I trick Dave into helping me do this? <laughs> and then I was like, maybe I just like offer him something, like give him that Memphis base back or something, like where it's like, if you help me get rid of everything, what do you need me to help you with? Like, I want to do I want to get rid of fucking all like just my, list stuff and like and push it and fucking yeah. sell it and get it out of the fucking house. I don't know. This I'm just kicking around these no, ideas we're, and I'm we're just brains, like we're we're tossing and I'm the ball. Like, well, I'm like, man, well, well how well, what do I got to do? I guess I, I want to get I want to like like you're saying something I do feel like something big is over the horizon, but I'm just like sick of looking at all the stuff I have. So I want to keep like yeah. 5 amps and eight guitars and then get rid of everything else. Well, I mean, I think um Here's my thing. If you do build the module for it and you get it all up and up and working mm-hmm. and ready to go, 
you'll never sell that thing. That's true. Because you'll put the effort be, into that'll it. That'll be a lifetime keeper. If, especially if it takes you like a few months to build or whatever it is. Uh, I think then you'll be like, well, now I just have to keep this. Or if you do sell it, you sell it as like a set because that could go with it. Which people do. Yeah. And that, and I think there might be one of those. Or no, maybe it's not, maybe it was sold already. I, I don't think it's live. There, I've seen that on Reverb. I don't know if there's And how, right um, with that synth specifically, mm-hmm. are there lots of them available? Because they're pretty old, right? You said it's 70s? I th- I, there are probably less than a dozen available on Reverb right now, yeah. And it wasn't even like a some crazy high manufactured thing back in the time it's an oberheim it's a pretty yeah. analog handmade sort of deal you know i'm just saying if you sold it for 18 sold that svt 18's top of the market right okay now, well, let's say know. 15 sold the svt head for let's just say a, a humble 15 which you could get probably two for it mm-hmm. um now you got three grand to play with so mm-hmm. you got a, little, got a little cash the aria the jazz master there's a lot of stuff. alvarez yeah. i want to push him i want to get him out the freaking door i didn't even tell you this that I got a I got a kind of an interesting offer on that Bogner. Oh, you didn't for tell a me. Trade. This is this just came put down the pipe. What do we got? I got offered. So for folks keeping score at home, I've got that Bogner Alchemist two twelve, which value wise, I value personally higher than it cash because I just think it's a freaking amazing sure. amplifier. Like it's it is such an undersung amp. Either way, a guy offered me an, an original deluxe electric mistress the electroharmonics flanger pedal from the 70s hmm. as well as a something that w- so that would just be like a cool vintage thing to have and i do very much love the sound of a vintage but that's not a straight up trade, right no but he also offered something that would that i've actually wanted and would be functional for me if i were to be a gigging person again in the future which is a it is made by vox and it's one of their mini heads it's the there there was like the mt50 series where they made three different heads like little vox solid state yeah. 50 watt yeah heads. they're like portable yeah and he's got the ac30 voiced one mm-hmm. and it's just it would be the perfect if your tube amp blows up live. You, that's backup, your backup head. That, backpack, and pe- some yeah. people put those like they use those as like a their amp. That's just like a pedal platform amp right. where you like you know it's a clean amp and then you because they get loud as shit. Um, and I'm th- kind of thinking and about you got cabs it, and everything, so you could just have fun with it. I'm kind of thinking about it because if for, it, like yeah, would I be using that amp all the time? Absolutely not. But it would be the it, if I was if I were to gig again, I would 100 percent have that as a backup as the backup. Yeah, I agree. So I'm kind of thinking about it. That those pedals the pedal, right now, the pedal would be go. Cool or they're in the like 400 ish range. Yeah. The ori- so the deluxe, like the deluxe electric mistress was the second one. The original was just called the electric mistress, and it, it's got a lot of problems with it. It has a big volume drop that people complain about, mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's a much more subtle effect. The deluxe electric mistress fixed the volume drop. Was in a bigger wi- the bigger wide box like your micro synth. Yeah, sure. And um, also has a little bit more of that sort of like jet whooshy flanger sound which, yeah, which is kind of cool is what you want in yeah. that um and you know it's 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 just a really cool thing so i don't know i'm kind of thinking about it dude it's been i i didn't really i wasn't i wasn't really looking for trades on that amp but those two things together feel like i, I get something functional and something fun out of it yeah I, I like that trade. You do? It, well, is it is it uh, is it convenient? Is it local? I think I would have to drive to Palatine. I also in my listing it specifically says pickup. So mm. we you know the fact that he's expecting me to come out to him. Eh, I don't know. Plus, you have the heavier item, right? So yeah. that means you would be delivering a heavier item. That's which right. I don't think. And think it's, it's my listing. Like yeah. He reached out to me about. No, my I listing. think that's fair. I think I'm, I mean I, I, I think I would say I, I'll, I, I think that, that where, where I stand right now is I kind of feel like. I'm interested in the deal, but like if you come pick it up. Um, yeah, I like that. And then obviously, you know, you'd want to be either at your place or his because you want to try everything out, you know, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, he's an amp. He, the dude's a tech, so he like he's he can fix. Even if there was something wrong, he's not worried because he could. No, not, not with your amps, but I mean, so you can try to pedal stuff. out and make sure you want to, you know, make sure you actually want it. I want it. Yeah. I kind of want I kind of <laughs> just want it. I think I like the trade, man. I think getting two things for one is always a cool idea. It is a cool idea. Yeah. And it's for something that I got every time I plug into that amp, I'm like, I should never sell this. But right. it's because it sounds really good, but I just what are you never gonna, play. You never it. use it. And if you go, are you going to bring it to a gig if you play? It used to, for years, it was like right. early on, but I have so many other things that I would bring now. Yeah. It would be like the backup to the backup to the backup. And, and, and that getting that little, 
a little solid state power boy would be a little functional thing to have. Well, as boys to men say, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. It's so hard. But you know what, dude, that selling all that Lego recently has been a very helpful exercise in yeah. that for me because just letting go. A lot a lot of sentimental attachment, a lot of those sets and but once it's gone, once you get the cash in your hand, you're like, man, this ain't so bad. Once you got some wheels under your feet. Yeah, man. You know what, Dave? I feel like that's all I've got to say about okay. this. That, that was a little bit of th- therapy, uh well th- pre my favorite We're section just talking of episode, it out, man. So thanks for yeah, this has been a therapeutic Friday here. I love it. Sun's shining, baby. So let's now get to my favorite section where you get to take your notes out and stretch it out because i get to say my two favorite words that i get to say what are those words dave Dave's Dogs. oh good yarl right there Dave's Dogs. what do you got for us this week my buddy well it was a busy week yeah so i watched a shorter doc got a shorty week, boy which i like because okay oh you know what before we get to it yeah. then let me tell you something i watched okay I watched a doc. I watched Dave's doc. Did you see the new that there's new Kanye? Uh, I'm series? waiting. You're gonna I'm gonna wait for all, all three. I watched. I watched the. And first I'm very one. excited for it. I took notes. So cool. if you, when, let's do a, we'll a do recap a once we'll, we get. Maybe not a whole episode like right. we did with Get Back. Well, there was a little more gear to talk about. I'm sure with there was. This there Get was. Back. I mean, there, there was. Like, there were a couple things. But cool. okay. All right, sweet. What do you got for? No, us? I'm very excited. I watched yeah. the trailer and I got like chill bumps and I was like, okay, this is gonna be cool. You're gonna like it. Cool. I watched the Behind the Music because VH1 Behind the Music, dude. There's always. First of all, I just want to say, if you guys don't know, most episodes of Behind the Music are on YouTube. You've done you've done this on for as a as a Dave's doctor before, and it's been a while. So was I wanted it like to the remind. Spin Doctors or some shit. Oh, and I, I can't remember Spin Doctors one. Um, oh, uh, Black Crows. Black Crows. Yeah, Same which was era. a fascinating story. Okay, but anyways, I decided because I go down the list, and I'm like, what well, looks interesting to me? And there's Molly Crew, and there's Guns N' Roses. We've covered all that shit. I watched Billy Idol. Okay. All right, dude. I didn't know enough about Billy Idol. Let's go. I've, 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 I saw Billy Idol once at a. Really? At a oh, at did a, you go to the uh, when he performed Lollapalooza? Was it Lollapalooza? A long time ago. Oh, I know. I he, think it might have been the first Lollapalooza. Oh, back. okay. Because I know he did not that long ago, like 2015 or 16. He did. Um, What's the fest, the cool one in Douglas Park now? Riot Fest. He did Riot Fest. That's right. Like I think he like. I went to Riot Fest that year. Did not see Billy. Okay. All right, so dude, this is great. I I don't know yeah. anything about him. I know I that he's either. British. And I, kn- that's I know it. I like his songs. Like I like, I like his hair. Rebel Yell, fucking abs. White Wedding. It's great, handsome. That, those fella. V sex lines, dude. Yeah, he's, wow. he's he looks great with his shirt. Okay, off. I mean that's the first note I have. You know, is his name William Idol? His name is William Broad. Broad, that's, yeah. which is also kind of a cool name, actually. It is, but um, and I'll get to that because. Yeah. Definitely, Billy Idol was definitely a, a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Oh, yeah, that's a character. Absolutely. You know, he would put on that name and just become this this guy on stage. Born in Middlesex, England, raised with a middle-class family. His parents were not musicians whatsoever. As an, as a teen, he started hanging out with rockers. They used to call them rockers, but they were early punks, like, uh-huh. you know, early 70s stuff. How, how old is Billy Idol? Oh, I think he was born in... 55 or something like that. So okay. he's up there. But not so it's like mid sixties, but not like super old. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I, yeah, I, I had no idea. He seems tiny, like he's ageless. He's not as old as like the Beatles. Yeah, is he? I'm, is where is he on the Iggy Pop scale? I think is he's, he, is he's he a little younger post than Iggy. Uh, he's younger post. than oh, post okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah, because Iggy like I mean, there's videos of Iggy in like sixty seven, like going okay. crazy All on right. stage. So he dropped he dropped out of college in seventy four to pursue music, and he actually had he was friends with the uh, early Sex Pistols in Clash. Wow. So like they were kind of all in the same like I've scene. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And um, but it makes sense, you know. I just noticed your cute yellow socks. Wow, thank look at you. That combination with they're the maroon a pale, pants. They're a yellow bird. Yeah, they're like a shell, a shell yeah. Easter yellow. You're you're yeah you're a, a pre Easter trend. Truth right now. is, it's laundry day, so these are the. I like them. They look comfy. Out. So he uh, started a band called Generation X. Okay, so does he play any instruments? Because I know I see him as the so, frontman singer man. So this is funny. This Generation X band, he started as a guitar player, and they mm. were like, dude, you're way too like charismatic. And they never really talked about if he like learned how to play guitar. He just, I guess back then, you're like fucking, you know, play with Pick it, it up and play. Just kind of look cool with it. I think that's true still. Yeah, it can be, absolutely. So they were just basically like, hey, do you want to be the front man instead? Because yeah. you have like the looks and stuff. And he's like, fuck yeah, I do. You know, because he's fucking good crazy. accent. That was a good well, one. Well, and here's what I also say about the, the accent behind the music stuff, not the <laughs> accent. He, um, 
he really like had like they really do interviews with him and like his like his wife and like all these people that are around them which uh-huh. i forget that like behind the music has that so it's always like an authorized like legit yeah this is no youtube doc here. yeah this isn't like crap so gen x uh basically they became kind of big i didn't know this they started the single uh dancing with myself yes i, didn't, I did not i know did that. i knew that that was billy idol did not know that that was i think they wrote it when they were in gen, gen x, x but i think okay. he, he might have released it on his first record basically they they kind of broke up he moved to new york city and he's like living the shitty punk life like in a fucking chelsea apartment uh-huh. like, r- cockroaches on the floor and like that whole like, it just wasn't happening in london like, or is he just like new york's gotta be it yeah he's like he's like this isn't happening in london they kind of had some fame but it was more because like he was a sex symbol mm. and like you know oh. they had a lot of female fans you know um, so he's like, well, I'm just going to do this in mm-hmm. New York. Cause the band was kind of breaking up. I think is so, Billy Idol gay. No, not at all. Oh, okay. Oh, not at all. <laughs> this far from it, my friend. Um, so I mean, womanizer I'm sure he, he might've dabbled. He might, yeah. He might, he, he might. Oh yeah. Experiment. I'll get into that. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, he's dabbled. He's probably had, yeah, many different things. Oh, so this is kind of a cool story. When he's in New York, they had dancing with myself was already kind of a single from the other band. He goes to this club one night. And they're playing it on, like the DJ is just playing oh, it at this club. And it's a 20 minute version and the crowd's going ape shit. And he's like, this is my a fucking- 20 minute version? Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? He was, he was talking about that. He goes, we used to do 20 minute versions of songs because we wanted people to fuck to them. Wow. And they could just fuck for an hour. Like, 20 song minutes, and repeat. Dude, yeah, I don't know. I know. It, that's a, that's that, to me, that song's already very repetitive, so I don't know- how that I just mean, sounds I 20 minutes is a 20 l- minutes of anything time I got to, a DeVita or something <laughs> or even sex I'm yeah. you know give me a, a solid seven so anyways then he gets big with his cover from uh Moni Moni from Tommy James and the Shondells didn't know that, that was a cover yeah oh Tommy James and the Shondells bro that's a whole nother Dave's doc right that there. is they had a crazy story um so he hires a guitarist named Steve Stevens yes. do you know this oh guitar I do player? know Steve Stevens Steve Stevens rules um so they kind of had like a Mick and Keith thing going on and then they're starting to get recognition from record labels and all this stuff uh Hot in the City Tonight was another I didn't know that was a Billy Idol I song. don't really know hot that song in the city hot in the city tonight I definitely didn't know that was a Billy Idol so in song. this I think it's in the scene in big when they're they're driving around in the limo and he's like hanging out at the top of the oh, limousine in a white yeah, tuxedo that's some pure hanks right there yeah total tom so it's kind of going okay they're doing all right q mtv comes along mm. perfect timing right because he's already this like really handsome he's dude. so cool looking. mtv picks him up right away man so then they're now they're like all right we've got a uh, white wedding and dancing with myself were like massive hit videos especially mm-hmm. white wedding was a huge one so that everybody you know fell in love with his look billy idol starts to become this household name he's only got one album does the second album, You've Got Rebel Yell on that album. I think that album's called Rebel Yell. Um, fucking massive. He goes to like, he goes from like not being able to like get people to come to a club to like selling out arenas literally overnight. Yeah. So that's one of those crazy rock and roll success Dude, stories. Can, I mean, if you had programmed a computer yeah. to be like, listen, create the coolest looking yeah. rock and roll dude. It's right there. Of the 70s and 80s. Yeah. That, nobody cooler how, how did that even you got, happen i mean you got like the shirtless look the leather the leather and the well, spiky the, blonde spiky blonde the fist pump and oh the fist pump and the fist pump you have to have the don't fist forget pump. about the lip curl the snarl he had the elvis snarl dude so responsible i think i think i mean uh, you know i hope he takes this as a as a as an act of kindness but mm-hmm. i would i would i would say our good friend Johnny from Daredevil Pedals might have taken a little life influence from our buddy. Oh, a little lip curl there. Really, because he's got a little bit of lip curl. Yeah, I mean, I would have a lip curl if I had like that, also a that badass, cool looking guy. Hell yeah, dude! So basically, then it they've decided they've decided that like the reason it works is because women love him, and then the guys are like, it's cool enough for the guys to listen to. And there's which, some there's some hip, hit songs in there. Absolutely hit songs, and it wasn't like one of these things where it was like, oh, he's like a teeny bopper, or he's like this and that. Mm-hmm. It was he was cool for both demographics, right? So he's like, all right, I'm fitting the bill. Here come the rock, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? I mean, we're talking parties for five, six, seven days in a row, <sighs> nonstop cocaine, drugs, alcohol. Now he's really starting to become Billy Idol off stage, where he was he was William Broad, you know, mm, off stage. He's living life, and he had a wife the whole time. Mm-hmm. So like she's like. She basically says, well, at one point, she's like, I know he was like, you know, having sex with groupies and I just didn't want to know about it. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'll let him do whatever he wants as long as he comes home at some point. Oh, that was pretty bold. Um, my wife wasn't a fan of that. Um, he, they, he was nicknamed Bilvis. 
Bilvis? What yeah. does that mean? Oh, it's, like Elvis. Like Elvis, oh, yeah, because he started gosh. to get like that famous. Hollywood wanted him for a movie. They, I, it was unclear if he ever made the movie or not, but have you heard of the novel King Death? Mm-mm. Apparently it's a novel about a rock star who like murders somebody or something like that. So it kind of had this... King Death, wow. Yeah, cool it's title. a novel, I know. I want to um, start a band called King Death. I'm pretty sure the way they explain it, you know how fast they go through like behind the music it's you you almost they have to do be like did they skip pretty quickly yeah, yeah so then they said something like he basically got too high and the movie never happened because he was just full-blown oh, drug shit. addict at that point um 85 recorded a third album so whacked out on drugs it was terrible totally tanked fourth album tanked so, so but throughout this whole time those hits are being penned by both him and steve stevens it's not like yes it's, Bill, it's still called billy idol it's billy idol is the group but steve stevens was like it was like a, a keith and mick type thing okay but yeah. the, you know it, it, that that kind of dynamic has always been a little strange to mm-hmm. me when it's like billy eilish you know they call it billy eilish but it's like the songs her, are written by him her and brother doesn't her and her brother enough yeah Phineas, or like you know, I've been in bands where that kind of thing has happened, where there was like the main, like the the band was called one guy's name. It's always interesting to me when someone's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna write these songs," but then we're just gonna like call it your name. But you have this like bat, like permanent members yeah. or of like your Alice band. Cooper. Yeah. Although I guess like yeah. again, similarly, I don't know if Alice Cooper. I don't think he Did was he have writing like rotating. I don't think he was writing all the music in those bands. Right. Maybe early on, and it does turn out, I believe, because they kind of talked about it later. Which again, behind the music glosses over a lot of this stuff. I always want to know, like, okay, were you having people write these songs for you? Exactly. And they did mention at the end of the doc, they're like, he he wrote like this music. Okay. So which I thought was cool. Now I don't know how much of it. Right. You know, I didn't I didn't even know he could fucking play guitar. But right. Apparently he can. Um. So he's whacked out. He's whacked this, out. On the downward spiral. The guitarist quits. Steve Stevens quits for a solo with a solo deal with Warner Brothers, which kind of fucked Billy Idol up. He was like, "Fuck, dude, you're like my guy. Like we're a team." Maybe that made him look in the mirror and realize he was the man in the mirror. Uh, 1987, he moves to Hollywood to quit the New York City nightlife. As, yeah, that makes sense. Because that's going to be a good... Yeah. He's like, we need to relax in Hollywood for a while. <laughs> uh, Moni Moni reemerges in 87. So, oh, okay. so they recorded it like three or four years before that, which I thought was interesting. I remember that song on the radio a lot. Um, he bought a separate house so he could like bring his lady friends there. Mm. And that's apparently that was like an orgy dungeon. So I'm guessing that's where orgy dungeon. Yeah, wow. I'm, a, I'm, I'm guessing there's like wild shit went down there. He kind of like laughs about it when he's talking about yeah. it. I'm guessing there's some some males and females. I've heard things about that that being popular among athletes having these like party houses. It doesn't surprise me that yeah. much. But uh, again, the wife's like, whatever. I just don't want to hear about it. Uh, I did not know this, and I forgot he was cast to be in the uh, the Doors by Ro- by Oliver Stone. Oh, and I remember him instead in it. of Val Kilmer. I remember no, no, as a as a main character, but not as Val Kilmer's oh, character. I see. But he was cast to be in it, like with a bigger role, and then he got into a motorcycle accident. Um, oh shit! He was really fucked up. It, like it, he almost lost his leg. His oh. leg almost got amputated. Okay, so give me, anyways, give me, well, give me. Yeah, how did how did they end the, how did they land the plane on this behind the music? Well, basically, because it's like the nineties, right? He so was what's fu- going so on? So do you there? remember Cradle of Love? Rock the Cradle of Love. That sounds Huge kind song. of familiar. Huge yeah. song in nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was all fucked up from his injury. So if you watch that video, it's like a, it's like him on a screen, like dancing. He's like in a picture frame or something. And the girl's kind of like dancing around on a couch. Because that's all he could do? Because they had to prop him up and like you couldn't show below wow. his legs because he was all fucked up from the motorcycle accident. That's also why he didn't have a bigger role in the doors because he was fucked he got up. too hurt. So Damn. they had to use him for like a minute. So that's it. And then he pretty much, you know, he's still partying fucking crazy. He goes to Thailand for three weeks. He spent $140,000 in three weeks. <laughs> And he got kicked out of Thailand. They escorted him to a plane, and nice. like, they had to like strap him to a gurney. You're and, like, too much for this there. whole country. Too much for the whole fucking country. He was in uh, Wedding Singer. That, oh, I remember that very much. Great role in that yeah. movie at the very end. So uh, I would say, and from then he got sober. Uh, he was sober in that film because in '97, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That was, I mean, over 25 years ago, and he almost already. I mean, he was he was like a punchline already, kind oh, of in totally. that movie, you know. Yeah. So it's he's been he had been doing the thing for a long time. I mean, I wonder. You know, not to get too far ahead of Dave's nope. docs, but I wonder what he's up to now. I mean, you said he just played Riot Fest yeah. not that long ago, so he's still he's still. We know rocking. that. Yeah, yeah, we knew he played Riot Fest. Obviously, behind the music hasn't been around. I think it was probably yeah. two thousand four or five or whatever. So you know, he uh, but he was. At, it ended him with him. You know, talking about he's been sober for a long time. Great. He's touring. Um, I don't. I think he's back with Steve Stevens again too. When I saw him again, he like Steve, over ten years ago, it yeah. was yes. Yeah, Steve yeah. so they they kind of like didn't really talk on that. But then Steve Stevens was like, "Oh, it was a completely different tour when he like brought his six year old son, yeah, and like he's asking for a cot for his son instead of like a line of coke or something, you know? So like or a cot for his hose. a cot for his yeah for his ladies. So uh, pretty fucking awesome. Um, behind work, the music, always solid. Great watch. Toss on behind the music's. I mean, they're really fun. What's your favorite Billy Idol song? I think 
I think uh, Rebel Yell. Yeah. Because we got to cover that's that a, song and that's, a, that's just a fun guitar riff. Ripping solo. Like, like an A minor chord. It's an easy progression. It's like four chords to yeah. the whole song. Um, it's got great energy. Love it that does. song. I have to agree. Rebel Yell. I give it... How many Rebel Yells? I give it 8 out of 10 lip curls. Oh. Can, can you do it? Oh, yeah. But I can only do it on one side. Oh, really? I can't do it on the right. I can only do left. I can do my left eyebrow and my left lip, but I can't do both sides. Must have had a stroke as a baby. <laughs> so there you go, man. Dude, great one. Yeah, Billy Idol. Doc. I love a little, little idle, a little idle billing for us to get into there. Well, you know what, dude? We've just got some new gear to talk about, so we're going to talk a little. Is there new, new gear, gear out this week? There's some new gear out this week. Well, it's not or coming out. You know, you know how these new gear announcements. These how these things go. So where shall we start? We're going to start by getting a little boomer because we already talked about the Beatles as we do a lot, and there's sure. a little Beatles news okay. with the gear front because I don't know if you saw Fender announced. And it has to be because of Get Back. They're doing another edition of the Rosewood George Harrison Telecaster. Really? Yeah. Like so, a reasonable edition? Well, I mean, that depends on your definition of reasonable. So uh, uh, for those who don't know, uh, there's a Fender Rosewood Telecaster in the Get Back documentary uh, that came out recently because that's what George was playing for a lot of that because Fender sent it to him. It was a 69 Tele, I think. That's right. right. It was made all out of Rosewood. Uh, super heavy, pretty chunky. I've played a few of them. If you find an original one, they're worth a shitload of money. Very expensive. Uh, and then, so speaking of original, there was those, They, I think they first actually put a line out in like the 70s, mid-70s, maybe 76. Oh, because that was like a one-off. That one, was right? a one-off. Yeah. And then, be, that wasn't actually technically true. They also made a Rosewood Stratocaster for oh, Jimi Hendrix. I did not know that. And Hendrix died right around then. Shit. Something like that. He didn't get to. He played it, but didn't get to use it for some reason. Yeah, you don't, don't see him like playing is. it. Or no, but anyway. So then, in 2016, Fender did their first reissue from the custom shop of that. Which those guitars are also very I've expensive. Seen those, yeah, and quite heavy as well. Correct? Also very heavy. And then in 2017, they made a artist signature, so not custom shop chambered. Oh, so it was lighter. It was a bit lighter. So the, dude, a, the original was over 10 pounds. I looked it up. That is a freaking <laughs> heavy Telecaster. For a Telecaster, that's a lot. So this new one that's coming out right now yeah. is chambered. It's got a mid-60 style C-shaped neck, 21 frets, 9.5 inch radius, and a pair of pure vintage 64 Tele pickups. They're making a 1,000 of them. What do oh. you think? Not custom shop. What do you think? What do you, what's oh, your guess? Oh, shit. Well, are they U.S. made then? U.S. made. Um, I'm going to say at least, and there's only a thousand. I know. Yeah. I'm going to say at least like three grand. $28.99. The oh, 20, it's very similar to the 2017 version, which those were twenty four ninety nine mm-hmm. at the time. So kind of, I guess that sort of makes sense. I got really excited because I thought you were going to say they were going to do like a Mexican version and have it be like a thousand bucks. An all rosewood Mexican. That would be fun. I, they would probably it have to be, fake it. It might be too expensive. Rosewood is so expensive. They would probably days. have to fake it, like just stain like the body or something to match. Or a laminate or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But they're still doing that like sandwich style, mm-hmm. you know. It's the old school way, three right? Three piece, yeah, which is what they did back so then. So with the new one, is it... Um, so it's almost to spec though as the old ones is it chambered though you said this one's chambered yeah, yeah. so i think these are more like seven pounds or something yeah. which is that makes what sense you, what you'd hope for but do they I, do is it did I've that have played, gold? i've played those old heavy ones man they're freaking heavy but they sound cool did that have gold hardware on it the original one i don't think it did right? no 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 why am i picturing it with no, gold no. hardware for some reason that could that could maybe work you know what i'm thinking of in the 80s they did the walnut uh, exactly, and that had gold hardware. That the does. Walnut PBA special, had and you'll see when hardware. they when Gibson does the walnut thing, they'll often put gold on that uh, too. They look very similar. It, it works together. So that was announced this week. I like it. Twenty eight ninety nine. Another man. Another thing. This is this was another big one, which is I'm kind of. It's weird for me to be excited about what this is, but I kind of might want it, and that is a new Line Six amp. They, really? Line Six is announced this week. Their Catalyst line of amps effectively replacing the spider amps oh shit and we all now know them spider popular, amps. popular amp i think there have been i don't know if they ever made it up to five but there's certainly at least four mark versions full overhauls of that amp over yeah. the years so <clears throat> this new catalyst uh which first of all before we get into that i almost forgot because i was looking at the back the back panel of this amp to see what the connections were and notice something on there i have almost forgotten that yamaha owns line six I I think I heard that once, but I think I forgot yeah, it too. Yeah, they bought them yeah. like I don't know, maybe a decade. ago. Actually, I really like that Yamaha Guitar Group. Not and not only so it's Yamaha, all the guitar stuff that they make, which you know I stand. I Yamaha, stand by Yamaha, yeah. Line Six and Ampeg. 
all of them Ooh. are under the same banner at, of Yamaha Guitar Group. I don't think I knew that about Ampeg. Yeah. Just a little side, little side boy. So there's that. But this is the, I mean, it, when it, it's almost funny to me that, like, how they've named it. Because to me, and I think to anyone who looks at the market and sees what this is, this is specifically Line 6's answer to the Boss Katana. Because the Boss Katana has moved in and taken over that segment. It just and they're very destroys. similar, yeah. And, and, it's sound, and those Katanas are great. So mm-hmm. what, what Yamaha, or well, I guess technically Yamaha, but what Line 6 has done is basically copied a lot of the form factor, I don't want to say copy, that's a strong word, but have been influenced by the form factor of what's popular about the Katana and then change the line to Catalyst, which you'll be, you'll notice is almost the same word as Katana <laughs> and then took what people love, those HX stomp and effects pedals that they have yeah. now, like the multi-effects, they took the amp sounds from those oh, okay. and there are six amp sounds built in. So, and, and they, what they, what they didn't do is that thing that a lot of companies do where it's like, uh, rectifier or like yeah. British or whatever, you know, it. where it's like a specifically a Marshall and a rectifier. Yeah. They citrus. didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> citrus. Fucking thank you. That yeah, exactly. They didn't do that. They're just, it's like their, their, you know, crunch or whatever. It's like their own sounds. Okay. And, and I watched a bunch of demos and people are kind of raving about them. Okay. So there's a really, a couple of really cool things about them. One, they're cheap as shit. There's three different amps, a 60 watt, 100 watt, 200 watt. And then um, it's, I think, I think both, I think the 60 watts maybe one t- a 110. The 100 watt I believe is a 1 by 12, and then the 200 watt is a 2 by 12. I think is how it works out. 300, 400, 500 bucks. So very affordable. I like that. And they've got a couple things that that are going for them. One, they have uh, USB output, so you can record directly to your computer. It's an interface built in, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. It also has. Uh, direct line out so you don't have to use the interface part you can just like do you know use their own emulated which sounds good at this point and is a an amazing feature to have for such a cheap amplifier it is yeah but then also it's designed with people who have things like kempers or flying six hx stomp or you know those different types of modelers in mind where you can basically just use it as like a power amp right for your modeling device and then it, it has would, and the, then it could go through the that, send and return that in the back cab, or is it just and it, that, and it would yeah. go th- yeah it would get powered and then run run through those speakers. that's awesome so, yeah so and for such a cheap amount of money i love that, that that's how i would use it and yeah. i God, dude for like i would probably i don't know i i guess the for the the one by 12 has midi that's the first one that has uh, like actual midi pin mm-hmm. stuff so i would probably get that one for 400 bucks i think that i don't know like, if i'd need the 212 yeah that sounds great i think it's pretty cool they look clean they are bulletproof i'm excited about these things i love it man i mean it's like we were talking about you know these are these are the amps that are taking over right now you know, they really just, are it's like the perfect thing to just have in your studio your home studio or yep. whatever and you know you won't need anything else you know with that kind of i mean you can and you could very easily because the thing is if you're going to be using direct you know like kemper or any of that sort of stuff now you're, you're probably gonna run direct live with that too and then you would just bring that little amp as your like stage monitor for just like yeah. little stage volume but right. you would still send direct out to the front of house so it's perfect I kinda, I well wanna, and i mean I considering try, I in. what those kemper cabs go for they're not cheap but they are not cheap my the friend. powered ones are even more Oof. so yeah pretty exciting i like it are they when do they come out do they say? i don't know if there's dates but they're they're at least for pre-order right now cool and what do we got next? So that was a guitar. That was an amp. You know what? I want to talk talk about a book, which is not something that happens very often on this <laughs> show these days because I have not since we've had books your, uh, your book time. reviews. What was yeah. it called? The Riff Library. Yeah, I like that. And uh, dude, this book is called the Guitar Solo Book. Really? And it is out now. It's a new book from CEM Publishing, and there's a reason that we're talking about this. It is because this book is purported to be the most exhaustive guide on guitar solo technique to ever be assembled. Whoa. Clocks in at 100, 1,100 pages, 1,100 pages. Oh my God. And runs a gamut from basic theory to advanced genre specific. Basically, if it has anything to do with lead guitar technique or exercises or skills or whatever it is, this supposedly it can be found in this book. Did they show any clips? Like, like I wonder what a page looks like if it's just like reading or is there like charts in there? There are, there's tab, there's Tabs. notation, there's yeah. charts, there's all the above. I didn't see a, a, a video of the page. I did watch a video though, Dave. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because that video was an interview with a particular Speed King shred legend who happens to hail from the Chicagoland area. And that man is Michelangelo Badio. And if you're not familiar with Michelangelo Badio by name, you're definitely familiar with him by 
performance because he's the guy that plays those like crazy four neck guitars where he plays yes. you know two different necks in an X pattern at the same time like Jesus. shredding. He's the one in the video talking about how important this book is and how if it if you want it if you want to learn about guitar solo technique this is the book for you. And what's your I mean obviously you'll get it because one you love books and two you love guitar solos. What is <laughs> <laughs> what is your uh, what is your opinion on 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 writing a book about a solo? I, I I personally I could see the book being awesome and I definitely want to see it when you buy it. It's kind of like I mean it's like it's trying to like have sex about a painting, you know. I I just feel like a solo should come from the heart. Yeah, it's just it's using one language to describe another, which I understand why we try to do that, and and I'm sure that there are many things I could learn and glean from it, but ultimately, yeah, I think you know, it's all about what it feels like, man. You have yeah. to figure out a way to learn how to transmit those feelings well, into something interesting, right? I mean, there's possible. obviously theory that goes into like you know how to play something yeah. over a standard four. Here's the other thing: it it is expensive. It's ninety nine bucks. What available right now from Sweetwater? So. But it's 1,100 pages, and it says that it is literally the one book that you can have that would be the dictionary of modern guitar. I will add this too, Dave, and, and look, I, you know I try to be a positive guy in my yeah. in my days, and I'm not trying to be negative about stuff. Here's the thing. Maybe the book itself is wonderful. I'm sure it is. I kind of want it. The thing is, Dave, and you especially as des- as a designer, you're, you, would, I would, um, you would absolutely glom onto this. When you look at the front cover of this, and I don't have it on here, I wish mm-hmm. I, I wish I did. It looks, it looks like the kind of book you would spe- have expected to see on the shelf at a Sam Ash in the tab section in 1994. Very uh, textbook looking, kind of. It, very Just not up to rudimentary, not artistic, uh, uh, in a good way, like Illustrator program or yeah. Photoshop skills. Are they going for that it. like 90s? Retro it's that kind of shreddy 90s. Like you can hear that. Guitar Center. You can lit. hear the solo as you pick it up. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Which I, I, I think if cool. they had just made it to your point, your previous statement, a little more textbooky, I yeah. think it would have been better. Honestly, if okay. it had just been a little sort of like yeah. dry to the bone. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen those guitar grimoire grimoire series of books? I believe so. They all kind of look somewhere between like a a standard staid textbook and like maybe like a. Uh, like a Alistair Crowley uh, astrology book or something. That's pretty cool. Somewhere in between yeah, that, like yeah. that kind of thing. I know what you mean. Maybe that would not, not like flames and like bubble fonts, nineties <laughs> freaking guitar yeah. book. So. Like that. Uh, what's that? Like that 3d grid pattern that like goes to, out towards you. Dude, I wish it, that would have been maybe better. That would have been pretty cool. But it, yeah, I probably, either way, that. Th- we're literally judging this book by its cover right well, now. We have to talk about all aspects of the book, you know, it, it just seemed a little cheap. Are you going to, so are you thinking you might just wait for like a used <sighs> copy on eBay or something like that? That's a great idea. I, I get it for 50 maybe, bucks. Maybe, but a hundred bucks is just, I mean, I get it. It's 1100 pages. I'm sure it's worth it. It's a hard, it's a hard sell for me to want to buy a book. For you know what? And I have, I have music books over there that I haven't cracked. So right. That's right. another thing. And, but you know what I do like about a book like that? You don't have to necessarily read it cover to cover. You could probably go to certain sections and check stuff out and get some ideas, you know, maybe get stuck on a part. Maybe it can help you get through that. It is, solo yeah. That I bet it. Write. I bet it. You can't, you can't approach that. Like you're reading Moby Dick. Like it's gotta be yeah. treated like, okay, I want I a little inspiration. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to think about scales for a second. I'm going to jump to the scale section or whatever yeah. it is. I, I want to learn how to do some blue. I mean, do, do you think it has like specific artists in there too? Like, does it talk about probably, yeah. I yeah. mean, you've got 1100 pages. You've got to find time to talk about right. a lot of different stuff. In there. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, but okay. I, I want to find out. I want to see more. Yeah. It. Maybe we'll split it. Okay, yeah, we'll, <laughs> and then we'll literally tear it in half. You can take the front <laughs> half, I'll take the back half. You get the, I get the back cover. All right, All right, two more things to talk about. One will be fast here. This is this was interesting because uh, uh, just today, actually, before we went to air, Boss announced a new pedal. And this is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, because it's a cool pedal. Two, because earlier this week it leaked, and and uh, the internet, and I think even Boss left us released a statement saying that it was fake, and then it turns out that it was It was real. real. Because tight, tight cover. Boss has made a new version of the Space Echo pedal. So Ooh. Uh, originally released by Roland in 1974, the RE201. Uh, they then there's been a number of versions of the Space Echo. One of my favorite it's, pedals it's big, of all time. It's a big tape machine. And then there's the there was that two pedal delay, mm-hmm. which we're talking about right now. And I used to own one of those. I had it on my pedal board for years. Great pedal. Yeah. They've now basically shrunk that down into a single pedal size, okay. but then also 
remade all of the programs. Okay. And so um, I, I don't know what it's called. I think it's just the RE2 Space Echo. Um, it's just a single size boss pedal. It has stereo in and out, which is awesome, mm-hmm. just like the you know original pedal has. And now because the it also had more knobs and stuff, yeah. they've they've gone to your concentric stacky boy style to have more controls on sure. the front of that smaller Tons pedal. And, and then it also has an external input so that you can do an expression pedal or um, another foot switch control with it. Okay. Too. So, because that was one of the, honestly, my, probably my favorite thing about that space echo pedal is I would use it just for like a little bit of an echo, but then it was my pedal for in between songs. I would step on the second foot switch with it and then it just like self oscillates on kind itself. Kind of like just kill the dead, a pad the dead kind of thing. Kind of exactly. Thing. Yeah. And so I would, unless you can just easily do that with the pedal as is, I would 100% need to get that second pedal. Like, you know, yeah. The, input the one pedal it. thing, like the one button thing concerns me. Um, I like it. I mean, what are we asking? What are we talking price? I didn't see a price yet. Here's I would my, guess one fifty. Here's my thing. There's some fucking amazing like Echo Rec pedals and like Tape Echo, right. Space Echo pedals that are out there right now from mm-hmm. some boutique companies. I'm a little hesitant on the Boss just because you know sometimes they sound digitally. That's, total, that's totally fair. I I will. I loved the way the older one sound yeah. sounded. But to your point, man, there's a lot of pedals out. Uh, there's a lot so of many doing out that there. kind of thing, and, yeah. and like some fucking some really ones. good ones. Yeah, I mean, I have a buddy who's got an original Echo Rec, and he's got like whatever reproduces it, like as close as you can get with just like a pedal that you could take to a show. Sure. And it, he's like, it's 95 percent there. Yeah, and especially when it's going through a PA and all that kind of yeah. stuff, you don't need to take my uh, stage. my first experiences with uh in a Space Echo, the original Roland one, the mm-hmm. big it looks like an amp head almost. Yeah. It's huge. Um, was my buddy used to play it through a Rhodes eighty eight, dude. And my first experience fuck, with one that sounded cool, man. Also, my first experience with a Roland or with a Yamaha CP piano, John Alvin had a CP seventy oh, yeah. going through a Space Echo in his in his like yeah. kitchen or dining room or something. <laughs> right. And I would just sit there stoned off my ass playing yeah. that. What Man, What do you have for a space echo? Do you have anything? Nothing right now. Hmm. I mean, I've got some like pedals, you know, I've got analog delay pedals and shit, but I don't have yeah. any specific any that like duplicate right that. now. I've, I've had a few throughout the years, but yeah, nothing right now. And, and you know, what, I'll be honest, I've never owned a real tape machine. I've been close a few times, but they're just such a pain in the butt. And every single person that I know that has owned one and used it eventually got rid of it because it was just like, uh, I can do this with a plug in and it yeah. does it and you 95% can't really, of the way. You can't there. really gig with it and stuff. Like a lot of those things are haunting. Some people do if you've got a tech, but I, yeah. I don't. So, yeah. uh, th- you know, just bought, I, I, that, I think that's going to be a good pedal. I also wanted to mention it because it was ridiculous that there was this leak and then yeah. it was like this is supposed photo. I love the internet then, crushes it, but then it's like, Oh, it's actually true. It's real. So yeah, here it is. Great. Last thing, and this is actually one that you hipped me to this week. Okay, Dave. refresh my memory. And then after you did, it went me, it led me down a little uh, path of looking it up and then uncovering even more. Oh, I love it. So this week, you sent me a couple days ago actually a link for a new microphone. Oh yeah, and it is made by our very good friends, friends of the podcast, and uh, the people that make this podcast possible because we use their gear every week. Universal Audio. Yep, and they have gotten into the microphone game. And so what we what you sent me was the SD1, which is their standard dynamic. I got which, a sweet uh, I got a sweetwater email about it. There it is. I had to click it. And it looks just like an SM7. It, like it's the same case. It's a know. custom shop SM7. Yeah. The, the main difference is that you'll notice on mine that I'm speaking into right now, there's this external wire. And that's because the wire runs down to where you plug the XLR cable into down towards the bottom of the base of the mic. On this new version, the SD1, it's not a new version. It's a, an entirely new microphone made yeah. by a different company. Of course. It just fucking looks just like it. it. Yeah. The XLR plugs into the back. It's similar to the RE20 here. Sort of like the RE20, yeah. which I don't know if I would like that with this mic. I don't love the external cable design on this. I've never had an issue with it. It just seems sort of inherently weaker. Yeah. I also don't love the idea of plugging the microphone directly into the back of and the And then the you got to Because then there's going to be like this like weird yep. straight cable coming off the back of it. I know. Uh, but it is cheaper than an RE, uh, or I'm sorry, than an SM7 because it comes in at 299 so if it That's sounds true. similar or the same, I mean, even has the same filter switches on the back and everything, mm-hmm. it's a good deal. And it and it's cool. It's it's white instead of black. It's cool. It, it looks lo- cool. It looks kind of neat. Also, it it's like kinda, a stormtrooper sort of. It's kind of neat to be like, you know, you use UA stuff. Now it's cool to have their own microphone. The full ecosystem. Yeah. Well, Dave, it's funny you should mention that. So that's, that's what happened. So as I was looking at this, two things cropped up. One, I realized, oh, right. They already sell a microphone. Oh, so, I did not know that. Uh, we we had talked about a product on this podcast that then Universal Audio acquired. So it is the uh, 
Towns, I think I wrote it down. Yes, right. Townsend Labs makes a microphone called the Sphere. And if you'll recall, it's that modeling microphone that we talked yes. about. Where basically, it has a universal audio plug-in I interface with it. And then in real time, it has like two different microphones built into it. You can go in stereo. You can yeah. swap models of different types of microphones, Brilliant. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so they that. already they already sell that one. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that, that does exist already. And then, Dave, it turns out there's even more because they've also announced two more lines of microphone that are about to come out. So now, so there's the SD one, which we talked about standard dynamic. That's the SM seven. That's their podcast. mic. that's their main dynamic mic. They're also going to be selling in the summer of 2022, the SP one pencil condensers. Ooh, and those are just like for little condenser microphones, you know, stereo pair that you're going to want for your drum overheads, yep. for your acoustic guitar, for, you know, room mic, whatever that sort of thing. Um, those are, I d- didn't see any pricing or details on those yet. Then at the very high spendy side of things, which I, I'm guessing because there's no pricing on these. They're yet, doing like a based on what I know and coming in fall in a collaboration with Bach microphones. If you, if you know Bach microphones, they make expi- they make expensive sort of like Neumann type things, yeah. you know, in the $6,000 range, et cetera. They're going to be coming out with what I, I don't remember what they actually call them, but it's essentially their version of a Neumann 67, a Neumann 87 and a 251. Wow. And so in association with Bach, these are going to be coming out in the fall. So don't have any details on those yet, but I do know that again, Bach makes expensive stuff. It ain't going to be cheap. It's not going to be cheap, yeah. but that's cool. They have the whole gamut then of like the high. Now end. universal audio has their own well, full dynamic, small diaphragm, and then soon to be large diaphragm, condensers to go along with the modeling microphone that they are you know and this stems from that whole line that they're doing right now i think um of the uh of the more portable series that they're that they came out with oh you know i didn't even connect the dots on that the the, idea especially with the the, volt you're talking about yeah with the mic that i sent you the other day with the uh, what's it called again the um the, the new microphone is called the, the SD one. SD one, yeah. So like that would be like a perfect like podcast setup. You know, you'd have two of those, and then you got your UA. It's like all the in one vol- package. Dude, here's the I thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they sell it all in one. Package Dude, too, I am so glad that you mentioned that because I didn't connect the dots on that. But this is very apropos with what I wanted to talk about next mm-hmm. in the way that we're going to close this episode, and that is basically the dirty little secret that no one wants to talk about with those kinds of microphones. Sure, and that is. These this microphone that I'm talking into right now, the SM7 made by Sure, that one that you're talking into right now, the RE20 made yep. by Electro Voice, are great sounding vocal voiceover microphones. Perfect, great for a lot of applications. However, they require a ton of juice mm. from your power from your interface, Didn't and think I think you that. might know where I'm going because the problem that happens with when you pair. A microphone like this with a cheaper interface is you start to see all the issues with a cheap interface, which is the inherently noisy preamps. Yep. And when you crank those preamps loud, you hear, you hear that noise. Yeah. So it's it's great on the one hand if you already have an interface like we're talk, speaking to right now, maybe Universal Audio, that has tons of headroom, that has a proper amount of power. With Honestly, even with these, yeah. I basically have them pushed almost to 100%. Yeah in the print in the game because otherwise they just come up too wimpy and weak right what the thing a lot of people don't talk about is if you don't have a good interface like that already you're gonna have to buy another piece of gear in order to make it sound good and what not would noisy. you what would that be well there are a couple different options and and there i think the first one that a lot of people might think of these days is the cloud lifter um basically there are these inline devices that basically take a passive signal and turn it active uh, they just increase the gain a little bit in a clean way so there's the cloud lifter there's the one that stingray has that i know that he really likes made by um soy soyas soya i think it's soyas is the company the soyas launcher is another one and i didn't even there's even oh there's a there's one called dynamite made by i don't even remember one of the another one of the preamp companies there are a number of starting at 99 up to like 200 300 devices that basically raise the level of your of your microphone mm-hmm. like this kind of microphone so that it sounds good when you plug it in and these are both passive microphones correct they sure are okay that's right so do you run into this problem with it uh inherently active microphone like if it's built like that like my vocal mic that i use for our podcast at home when we have to do the quarantine right you don't run into that because you're also running 48 volts of phantom power to it right so that is a an active signal um because i have essentially, had to turn essentially what's even hap- that's focus, essentially right? i mean it's not the it's not the exact same thing but that is effectively it's what's happened it's you're basically it adding phantom power to a mic that doesn't typically 
that doesn't actually need phantom power or use phantom power, but you're you're raising the signal in a clean way so that you don't have to crank the preamp as yeah. hard as you do almost always with these types of microphones. Yeah, yeah, interesting, man. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's something I didn't really think about now with like these new, you know, with the new UA package that like they, essentially right. they're going to come out with a package that has the mic and the like the little volt guy. I'm, I bet it would it would be a big miss if they didn't. Do yeah, that, I mean, Focusrite does it. You know, and I'm not saying, and then eventually there's right. going to be like the full recording pack, like the band recording pack, and where it comes it's with like the software the, and, and, the, like, and some plugins yeah, and dude. all that kind of stuff. And, um, and that's why they're doing it. And, it's, and I think it's super smart. It's I great. Think they should be doing it. I and think it, it's great. And it's not like Universal Audio, you know, yeah, they're not known as a microphone maker, but they, before they were an interface or software maker, they were a hardware maker making, yeah. you know, the LA 2A and the 1176 and these preamps shit. and all like that sort of stuff. Doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they, they know how to make hardware. They have a, they have a pedigree in that. I don't, I don't doubt any of that sort of stuff, but I do have to wonder if people know what they're kind of getting into. Maybe I haven't gotten my mouth on it yet, but maybe that new SD one doesn't require as much juice to get it to a usable level as this microphone does. I don't, I don't, I mean, it literally looks identical otherwise, other than the XLR location. So I don't know how, but maybe. Well, I I remember when we kind of experienced that in the hotel when we were at in LA, because we had to, Oh, we used your focus, right? But then we just had the two like 58s or whatever. And we had cranked all the way, all the way up and you could hear it. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it sounded fine, but yeah. you could it's hear just like noisier. Sh- yeah. And that's, and that's exactly, mm-hmm. we're hearing the noise floor at that point. Yeah. And when you have to do that on a cheaper interface, that's just what's going to happen. It's a bummer. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's just how these mics work. So we'll see. I'm excited about it because a, I love competition in the marketplace. I love that they're only 300 bucks. I think they look cool. Yeah. I, to your, your, I, and I hadn't even thought of what you're hundred percent right. They're going to package this with the Volt. Oh, and I, to. and I, and now I'm wondering if the Volt, if they design that with more, because it's not the same preamp. They, they couldn't possibly afford to right. do that if they designed them to have higher headroom, knowing in the future that they were going to be selling these microphones, knowing how people are going to use those interfaces using these lower output passive mics. It seems to me like they would have... I mean, of course, they thought it through, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't just disregard that and be like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, just you know, send out the ch- nah. the cheap stuff." Like they're gonna. UA's got their stuff together. They got their shit together, and you know, I think that that's. Um, they got to keep that, you know, in their brand and everything. So, Heck yeah, buddy, I love it, man. I'm, I'm, you know, there's a good chance I'm gonna have one of those in this room. Well, I know. Point. I'm like, hey, UA, like, send us. We'll do a little podcast pack over here. We'll- send them, and then if they're good enough, then we can just freaking sell these other musty old ones even though that i can't sell that one in no. front of you because that belongs to stingray because he has <laughs> mine right now it is great did i did i tell you i had to do uh backup vocals a couple weeks ago and it was uh it was an re20 that i no. used. yeah i did some uh work with john over at the space and it was funny because it was like that's what he had set up and i was yeah. like oh re20 and he's like yeah you like those and i'm like dude it's what i use every week for the podcast every week it's, so i was super comfortable your, on it you know you knew exactly what to expect yeah exactly dude, it's cool that's sick building up that life experience love it man you know what else we're building up a freaking treasure trove of podcasts where people listen to <laughs> that was right. a great episode 148 yeah buddy if you made this far thank you so much for listening all the way through we love you and we love hanging out together and hanging out with y'all and again if you did make it this far why don't you go make some music bye <laughs>